Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 4th, 2018. This is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting of a vision for you big book study. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on in Bill's story on page 12 reading through four paragraphs, beginning with the first paragraph, despite the living example, and ending with, of course, I would. And we're going to comment on all four of those today. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Darlene D., The 12 Traditions, Libby E., and reading the text and support today is John K., Ashley P., and Robin Joe B. The reference numbers, which are share IDs for this uh, the, yesterday morning's 10 a.m. meeting is 10880. 10880. That would be January 3rd, 2018, Wednesday. And for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, Thursday, January 4th, 2018, is 10883. 10883. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside, outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Darlene D. to read the 12 steps. Star one, Darlene, please. Hi, good morning. Darlene D., compulsive overeater, recovering here in Maryland. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over our food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Darlene D. I will now ask Libby E. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. I'm Libby E., compulsive eater in New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 12, paragraph 1, reading through four paragraphs, which will end with, of course I would. And I will ask John Kay to begin our study and our reading today. Good morning, this is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive O-Reader in Los Angeles. Can I be heard okay, Melanie? Yes, loud and clear. Thank God. Good. Hey, let's hear for technology. 
Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway may be, might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Wow, that's uh, some, an important section. Uh, still John, still complete doubles of eater. It's funny, I'm, I'm uh, leading a workshop next week at the OA birthday party called Finding a Higher Power, uh, uh, pretty much just about this topic. And ironically, I'm doing it with a Catholic priest and a Protestant minister. Almost sounds like a joke. A, a priest, a minister, and a comedian walk into an OA session. But... Um, it, it, it was an important thing because I came in as an atheist. Uh, I really was an atheist. I was more agnostic as I look back now. But I, I argued with the, uh, the guy who became my first sponsor in my, in my uh, first program. And, you know, and I said, uh, you know, I can't be part of this religious program. And he said, it's not. It's a spiritual program. And, and I would point on the steps on the wall. And, and you see it says God there. And it has a hymn with a capital H. And, and he looked at it and he looked at me and he said, okay, well, just leave it out then. And that was just it, a lot. And he said, look, your disease is looking for any reason to head out the door. So, you know, what could be better? You don't have to. You can stay in this program, stay sober until you're 110 years old. Nobody's ever going to tell you what to believe. Nobody's ever going to tell you you have to believe. The only thing we ask is try to keep an open mind. And boy, that was the key, to, especially to hear it that way. All I needed was an open mind, you know? And just like it, it says in this reading, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And it's in italics. And I, I was always taught anything I, italics in the big book is meant to be screamed at you practically, you know? And, and, and to this day, I can say, you know, I, I really do believe it's less important that anybody have a, a, a defined idea of a higher power as much as they got an absolute belief that they are a lesser power, at least in terms of our disease and the food. And um, I'll tell you, um, if you're having problems coming to some belief in a higher power, uh, make it the group in the beginning, you know, uh, you know, it, I don't want to spend too much time on this. If, if you're having problems with finding a higher power or have a sponsee who's having problems, I did a special edition about a month ago really talking about how to come to believe in something. But, you know, back to my journey, um, uh, mine was of that slow educational variety it talks about in the spiritual experience in the back of the big book. Uh, you know, uh, it's certainly not the classic version of a higher power I was given as a child. And, and I was given it. I was given it. My mother was given it. Her mother was given it. And, and, and so on and so on. We, we had a hand-me-down God. You know, we had, 
one with which we had no real conscious contact with, no, none, uh, no higher power to help us with our lives or anything. It's just like it says with, it, it, Bill says there about antipathy, you know, you know, anger almost. Uh, I had a lot of baggage about the word God. It took years actually to get used to saying it. Now it's just a, it's a nice, convenient one-syllable placeholder that means whatever I want it to mean. What happened in my life is that I, uh, the slow realization that there was something out there sort of guiding my life. I could turn around, and, and it helps to get a little older because you turn around and look backwards, and you start connecting some of these dots backwards. And, and you realize that the things that you had the most frustration with uh, ended up leading to something that was better. And there's just a certain peace that started to come over me in, in the realization that I was being somehow taken care of. And at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's an old thing in philosophy called Pascal's Wager, which says, you know, I choose to believe in a higher power. Maybe there isn't one, but what am I losing by believing in it? I'm, you know, it, let's say there is no higher power. I've led a, hot, a more peaceful life. I've led a more, uh, you know, helpful life. And, 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 and I do believe today there is a higher power that has helped me do what I could not do for myself. I spent God knows how many years trying to do the food, and it didn't work. And I, and I always tell uh, newcomers, here's the, the quick and dirty first three steps. One, you had your whole life to do this. It ain't worked so far. You've had limited success at best. Two, there are a group of people here who are doing what you can do. Three, go ask one of them to be your sponsor and then take direction. Because one of the problems is I have a disease that's in there chirping in my head and the insanity that that's there. You know, that I love the definition I have of insanity that I read once, uh, you know, a state of mind that prevents normal perception. And that's it. I have a great mind, a great decision maker. But my, dis, my disease, you know, sends me corrupt data. And I can't make a good decision based on corrupt data. And I need help. I need a uh, uh, power greater than myself, which in the beginning was simply this group, but then later on became something else. And I, I sort of, uh, you know, I don't have this huge thing other than an absolute feeling in my gut about it. And I'll end with this. When I first came in, you know, I, I spent a lot of time intellectually. I want to understand a higher power. And, and now I don't. You know, I heard somebody say once, God's not meant to be understood with the head. It's meant to be felt with the heart. And, and I certainly believe that's the situation with me. And uh, one quick uh, commercial, uh, OA birthday party uh, next weekend, the 12th, the 14th, of 800 people coming, uh, 130 visionaries. Consider coming, oabirthday.com. And I hope that was okay. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Lines are now open for others to comment on those four paragraphs on page 12, one through four. Who would like to comment? Lauren K. Carolyn Gina C. R. Carolyn C. Carrie K. B. Okay, hang on, Marin. Hang on just a second, please. I'll give um, give me a chance to write a few, and then I can repeat back what I have. I have Marin K. I have Carolyn C. I have Gina R. I have Sherry K. B. Anybody else? Marcy D. Hi, Marcy. Hi. Anybody uh, Heather else? H. Hi, Heather. Anybody else? I heard some, one more person. Ashley P. Okay, Ashley P. Okay, good deal. I have Marin K., Carolyn C., Gina R., Sherry K. B., Marcy D., Heather, and Ashley P. Good morning, Marin. Good morning. I'm sorry I'm like a Mac truck trying to get my name in. Um. This is such a great, thank you, Mel. It's Melanie that's, I think, leading the meeting today. Thank you, dear. Um, 
Good morning, visionaries. Uh, this part of the big book is so incredible because the whole part, why don't you choose your own conception of God? I mean, isn't that where it all begins? Because once you choose your own conception of God, then for me what happened was I started to recover. 30 years ago today, I began my journey of recovery from my eating disorder. Um, I uh, had a higher power that was my eating disorder, my compulsive overeating, my bulimia, my anorexia, which is an outside issue. But I, uh, that was my higher power. And when I met with my sponsor and started reading the big book and doing the steps, I became willing to believe that something greater than myself could help me. And a lot of you were inspiration to me because I saw it working in your life, so I knew it would work possibly in my life. I've often had problems with the whole conception of a higher power, and it's evolved over periods of time. In the beginning, it was a rose. Um, it's good orderly direction sometimes. As someone else said, it's educational variety. I've looked into everything over the years. I remember when I was in a, in a uh, lockup, uh, a rabbi came in and did a blessing on me and saw my big book and told me, why don't you believe in everything? So I never forgot that. So I don't like to p- pigeonhole myself in believing in just one thing. I just know that I hear the higher power through you, through the big book, through meetings, through my sponsor, and... Um, The only way I can recover is by turning my will and my life over to my higher power. And I don't do that willingly all the time in every area of my life, but I can tell you that for 23 years, I haven't had to do what I used to do, and that for me is a miracle. And I am lesser than my higher power, as someone said. So thanks for letting me show. Thanks, Marin. Carolyn C., you're next, and then Gina, you'll come behind her. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, this is hi, Melanie. Can I be heard? Yeah, you betcha. Great. This is Carolyn C. Recovered in Colorado for today by the grace of God. I just feel compelled to share this morning um, the icy intellectual mountain of my head was melted in a program that I was guided to prior to OA, and I was able to see God through another person and through everything around me. My dad was a, was a Lutheran man, minister, and I was raised in the church, and I was raised going to summer camp, and I had lots of interactions through my life with, with God. Um, I connected God with nature and all kinds of things. But, I, but until I got to OA, I was still blocked by the food. So I knew there was a God. I knew there was. But I was numbing myself out with food to the point where I couldn't feel anything. And I walked into the room and people started talking about step three and step two and, you know, just the first three steps of handing our will and our lives over to the care of God. Because I had never thought that God how in the world was that possible I was the one who put the food on my plate and put the food in my mouth you know and the pay and weigh programs are the ones that were holding me accountable and as I 
decided to hand my will over to the care of God in regards to my relationship with food. And I worked with a sponsor, and I worked with people in program, and I went to meetings, and all these things were wonderful. But 11.30 at night, when I was having a challenge and I was driving down the road and I was passing by my 7-Eleven or my, you know, my other binge places where I maybe like to go in and grab my quick, my quick fix, it didn't feel like there was someone to call. It didn't feel appropriate. And all of a sudden, my relationship with God was so important. Those conversations leaning into that higher power and saying, okay, just get me home. Just get me home to where I can do my spiritual practice and I can go to bed because that's what I need right now. I don't need to numb out. I need to go to sleep. I need to listen to what your will would have me do and have me be. And the more that I let go and let God help me, the more I became unblocked to hear how I could be of greater service to the world, to my family, to work, to myself, to my life, and how I can be more effective and not just hide and live in the pain and the anger and the fear that the food would numb. But I could only do that with a power greater than myself because my willpower could do nothing. Thank you so much for letting me share, and I am so appreciative of this program. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you, Carolyn C. Gina R., you're next. And then Sherry, you want to get ready after that? Hi, Gina. Hey, Mel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, Mel, and for your service and for everybody on the line, uh, especially the newcomer. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. Well, I just, I'm like locked in on almost every one of the words here, and um, I'm, I'm going to have to ask God to help me understand what I'm to share here. I think the the icy intellect is the thing that jumps off the, the page first for me. Um, and when I think about that, you know, I, I see the iceberg floating in the, um, the ocean and that's, it's just the tip that what you can see is just the tip. And <clears throat> what I know now is that, um, my icy intellect uh, was so locked in on my prejudice about what I did and I didn't believe about the God that I did believe in. I had a lot of um, agnosticism within my own belief. My intellect um, went below the surface just like that iceberg does. And it goes, it went down and it enveloped my heart. And that coldness, in that frozen state um, just had me locked up tighter than a drum. And it wasn't until um, my Ebby, when I actually saw with my own eyes that, that my um, prejudice started to melt. I didn't, I wasn't quite there thinking that it would happen for me yet, but something shifted. And so I, I'm so grateful for the living example that um, many of us um, portray to others. Um, she kept telling me, I may be the only example of the big book that someone sees. And 
until I was able to actually have this experience for herself. Um, she couldn't, these words in this book didn't make any sense to her. And so in this particular paragraph, that's kind of what was happening for me, just watching what her conception of God was doing in her um, started to melt that iceberg that my intellect had created around my heart. And I was open um, to the possibility that I could have a personal relationship. And once I decided to do that and I started doing what I was told to do, I learned how to have that relationship with my higher power and especially with my fellows. And I am so grateful. It has restored relationships and it has given me the opportunity for new ones that I would have never, ever, ever imagined. With that, I pass. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Gina R. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive, every reader. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Um, I love the word choose, and um, also what has really jumped out at me, it said about the, um, you know, the icy intellect. And, you know, when I think about how dark my disease has been, how it's kept me in the dark throes of of self-pity and dishonesty and selfishness and all of that, when I think of, of the sunlight of the spirit, I think of a lightness, I think of hope, um, and I do think of my higher power. Um, that That is amazing to me that when I stand in the sunlight of the spirit, it keeps me out of the darkness of my disease. Um, and that nothing is more required of me to just to make a beginning. What I love here, it says, upon a foundation of complete willingness. So it's telling me I need to have complete willingness so that I can build what, you know, my ebbies have. And and it says, would I have this? Of course I would. And so to me, it, it does start with willingness. Um, it's so important. And I, and I do think of the set-aside prayer, um, to set aside everything I think I know about my disease and um, and my higher power for a new experience with an open mind and an open heart. And, you know, when I first started uh, reading the book a long time ago, uh, before I actually was taken through the steps properly and properly through this book to me, I used to skip we agnostics because I thought, well, you know, I, I believe in God. That's enough. Okay, I don't need to do this. But I didn't think that God could help me with this disease, though. That was the problem. And what I learned going through this work is that, you know, we agnostics is not to prove that there is a God, but to prove that God does exist and can help me, and I can have a personal relationship with a power greater than myself that I choose. And um, there's so many avenues to choosing that higher power, and there's so many people of us on the line that come from different walks of life, but we come together because we believe in a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity from this disease. And um, that's all... You know, that's all I need to know is making a beginning. And and for me to continue um, staying recovered, I have to continue building that spiritual relationship, that spiritual muscle with a power greater than myself. And it's just about, you know, defining it for each one of us. And that's the beauty of it. It's like we're not telling you how to do it. We're just saying have the willingness, turn that key of willingness, and open that door for personality change and transformation 
And the only way that it can happen is to get unblocked, to get connected with a power greater than ourselves. And thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Marcy D., you're next, and then Heather, you'll come up behind. Hi, Marcy. Hi, my name is Marcy D., and I'm from Northern California. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater on a really good path to becoming recovered one day. And um, this is really a meaningful passage to me. Uh, When I was in college in the early 60s, I debated the existence of God, and I felt very self-righteous about it. My father, who I dearly loved, didn't believe in God, and whatever my father believed or didn't believe in those days is what I decided I believed or didn't believe. And when I got to OA in the early 80s, I really struggled with higher power, the idea of God, and and I never pursued it. And after 11 years of abstinence, went into over a decade-long relapse. And so I knew this time that I'd that it really would be important to find a a power greater than myself. And I knew it because I saw that the people who had what I wanted in this program did have a power greater than themselves concept. And I thought, okay, well, that's what I want. And if I want what they have, it would probably be a good idea, Marcy, to do what they do. And so I've been, like, inching my way into it to where I believe that the word essence became very powerful for me. But recently at an OA meeting, there was a fellow who who actually listens to a lot of vision meetings um, who said she just knew that it was a power greater than herself wasn't her. And I went, oh, my God, I can believe that. I know I'm not a power greater than myself. And it was just so simplistic, and yet it was really, really meaningful. So thank you for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Marcy D. Heather H., you're next, and then Ashley, you'll finish out this lineup. Hi, Heather. Hi, good morning. May I be heard? Mm-hmm. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Heather H., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Food Addict in Baltimore, Really grateful to be on the line this morning. Um, really powerful paragraphs, but what really jumped out at me was that last line. Would I have it? Of course I would. And I think that implies here that Bill is being offered something. You know, he's being offered something, and he has a choice, right? He has a choice. He can accept it or he can leave it. But he says, of course he'll have it. And I know with the program, with um, the steps, with God, whatever my conception of God is, I'm being offered something. You know, God will offer it to me, but God will not force me to accept it. I have to choose. I have to make the choice to accept it. And then, you know, choosing to accept the gift of this program, that means like two things for me. I have to completely put down my binge foods, my alcoholic foods, 100%. And then I have to work the rest of this program as it's designed and laid out. And that's how I show God, you know, that I'm accepting this gift, this beautiful gift. But again, it's a choice. And anytime I want to take back my self-will, I can give that up. You know, but God will always be there giving this gift. I have to be willing to accept it. Just like Bill said, you know, of course I would. And I'm so grateful 
that after years and years of even sitting in OA rooms, you know, but not fully accepting it, not being completely willing, I was finally, um, you know, willing to to 100% accept that gift God was giving me. And then, um, you know, just when I hear it melted the intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years, gosh, I think back to the times when I was still in the food, and yes, I, you know, I was just so cold. I was in such a shadow, such darkness, completely cut off. I was cut off from other people, cut off from myself, and especially cut off from God. And um, then it's like, you know, you make a turn, and being in the sunlight, and being in, um, you know, so much warmth and love, that when I was in the food, I never even knew existed, you know, could have never even imagined life like that. So um, what a beautiful gift. And thank you, God, that I choose to um, accept it today. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Heather H. Ashley P., you're next. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Melanie. And good morning, everybody. And thanks, um to Team Thursday for um, everybody that's doing service and is on the line and welcome to newcomers. Um, Yeah, so I, the thing that really um, struck me this morning as as a lot of people are sharing um, is um, only needing to be willing uh, to believe, to just have that that willingness. Um, And when I think about sort of what is different um, for me now, how, how my um, time and program started out differently, because um, certainly I had been in OA for, for years before any of it sunk in. Um, it's, it's that willingness. Uh, that was the thing that was really different. I had been in program before, and, and I had some willingness, but, but really a, a complete foundation of, of willingness was not there. I still believed that I knew everything. Um, and so I, the, the differences are um, a willingness to believe that, that I don't know everything, that I don't have all the answers, um, and, and therefore to, to do things differently and, and to take direction. And so I was kind of thinking about what the evolution of that willingness looked like for me um, and and in the beginning, willingness showed up when um, I I was willing to stop eating sugar, um, to define an abstinence, and to follow a meal plan, and then um, to to go to meetings and to get a sponsor, and um, to work the steps um, to get on this call at. Uh, in the morning when I had other things to do in the morning um, and to actually share on the line, which is still really, really hard for me. Um, and and then when I think about what willingness looks like today, which really came has come up for me and came up yesterday, it's to me it's a willingness to live in 10, 11, and 12, um, specifically um, to make 10-step calls when, when things come up. And then to listen to what the other person is saying when I make those phone calls, because I can follow direction, but have no real willingness to hear what anybody is saying when I ask for help. And that was certainly a, a large part of, I think, the problem I 
um, my first time being in in a way. Um, so I, I, today I feel like I'm willing to look at what um, to um, admit when I'm wrong and to be willing to look at what I I can do better. And um, with that, I pass. And thanks. Thank you, Ashley. The lines are open for about four more people to share before we close out this recorded portion. Who would like to comment? Dorita P. Kathleen O. Millie D. I think I got him. I think I got him, Millie. Here, let's see. I have Dorita P. I have Kat K. I have Kathleen O. And Reggie O. Is that right? Hi, Dorita. You can go. You can come up first, please. Okay, Melanie, you calling me, Dorita? Uh, Yes. Uh Hi there. Good morning to you again. Okay. Hi. Uh, this is Dorita P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland, and I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Yes, this is some good stuff we're reading. Um, yeah, so like the other lady, um, uh, so I kept going back. Years ago, uh, back in 1995, I kept going back to my group um, with step three, but uh, thinking about it, I hadn't completed step two if I'm having this problem on step three. But I kept going back to my group saying, well, I don't know what this power is and I don't know what it means to turn my will and my life over. Like, what is this power and what will this power have me do or to be? Um so I kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then the old timer told me, I guess they got tired of me. And the old timer told me, he said, um, well, Dorita, can you, um, what did he say? He said, Dorita, can you believe that you're not God or, or do you think that you're not God or something like that? And I said, well, yeah, I'm not God. I know I'm not God, you know, and that's where, um, that's how I got my beginning you know, the fact that I'm not God. So if I'm not God, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something that made the trees and the flowers and the people and, you know, control all of this. And I'm really grateful that I came to that because, you know, before I was what it talks about in this intellectual, you know, icy intellectual mountain. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought um, what I knew was, was gospel, I guess they say, um, but I didn't know anything. I was uh, almost 300 pounds, and I was gaining weight. I wasn't losing weight, so I, I didn't know. I didn't know about life. I used food to deal with life. I didn't know how to deal with life, so I'm really grateful that I, I do have, uh, I do um, know how to deal with life. You know, I have, I have tools. And my number one tool is uh, a God of my understanding who could help me do the things that I couldn't do without help uh, on my own. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you so much, Melanie C., for your service. (laughs) Thank you, Dorita P. Thanks for your share. Kat K., you're next. Can Can I be heard? You betcha. Mm-hmm. Pat Kay, um, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, I just was really struck by a lot of shares as well as empathize with um, 
the sentiment of the intellectual icy mountain of feeling like I know I know best and um and um it was evident I didn't because my way evidently was not working. Um and what really made me realize that um program needed to be felt in the heart and not understood intellectually is because I spent three years in the rooms trying to intellectualize what needed to happen in order for me to recover. And it never worked. Um, I would relapse. You know, I could maybe get two weeks if I um, white-knuckled it hard enough, intellectualized it enough, thought, should I eat this, should I not, enough times over this one piece of food or whatever it was. And it was a very much of an intellectual exercise. And um, the food, what I consumed, what I did was all a very intellectual exercise, which is, a clear sign of my self-will and not a connection with a higher power. And um, even after I came into program and started feeling God more in my heart, I realized I continued to intellectualize the exercise by making my connections with um, fellows on this earth, not even just fellows in OA, but fellows on this earth, be about how I'm different. And I, my, my, my connection was always about how I'm different, and that created a sense of superiority or inferiority that was once again an intellectual exercise. So for me, I, I, I learned that in order to connect and have a connection with my fellow humans as well as God, I need to find what makes me common, not what makes me different or special. And I feel like it's really hard in um, our culture and society where individualism is so pushed and what unique aspects do we bring to the table and all that. And so I'm really grateful to, um, to, to be able to think about my commonalities and what I have in common, rather what I have, what makes me different, because that is what keeps me in a jail cell of loneliness, um, desperation, self-pity that drives me back to the food. I thank God um, today, and I, I make it part of my practice to think about this every day. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Kat Kay. Kathleen O, you're next, and then Reggie will close us out. Hi, Kathleen. Good morning. Thank you so much, Melanie. This is Kathleen O, recovered in Northern California. And I love that line that's... Um, italicized um if it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself nothing more was required of me to make my beginning and this is the beginning um you know there's a recipe for recovery and this is really the foundation and it was really important that i have a good foundation that i did come to terms you know there's really no Technically, there's no proof there is a God or there isn't a God, although you find a lot of people who will give proof that there isn't. You'll know, find probably just as many that have proof that there is. And and I have found proof that there is a God. And um, and if, if for no other reason, because for the first time in my life, I'm in a normal-sized body for 13 years. And up until doing this and finding this power greater than me, and, and, you know, having this power guide me through the rest of this program and guide me every day, I was miserable and I was over 200 pounds. So that's my proof. That's really all I need. So 
<laughs> and you know, we see a lot of proof. We hear it on these lines. We see it when we meet people in in, in person. And um, you know, I think if nothing else, if we act as if there is a God instead of acting as if there isn't one, and just see what happens. I mean, that's kind of what I had to do. I thought, okay, I'm going to act as if there is. I'm going to have a definition of what I would want my higher power to be. I'm going to see what happens. And amazing things started happening. So, you know, we really do need to have a higher power to have this transformation and a rearranging of our thinking. Um, You know, I had to smash my ego and myself, which was really getting me nowhere. And I needed to tap into something bigger than me. And this is the foundation, but there's still a lot of building to do. Um, But this is like the thing that will get me through the day frequently. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Kathy O, thank you so much. And now we'll close out with Reggio this morning. Hi, Reggio. Hey, good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service. So grateful to be here with you and everybody this morning. I'm Reggio, recovered in the Los Angeles area. And boy, this, uh, you know, it's amazing what more and more there gets to be in every paragraph, every time I read it, that wasn't there before. But, um, you know, where would I, I don't even, I'm not even sure where to start here. There's so much here, but um, you know what the uh, Kathleen O was just saying, it, it really made me think, um, you know, okay, so uh, if I act as if there's a power greater than myself, and then the other part that came to me is like, I also need to act as if I'm not that power, right? So I'm, I, if I start acting as if I'm not that power when I start to believe that there is a power greater than myself and, you know, that your your own conception of God, that was actually the beginning of my, uh, beginning of a, a really great transformation for me many years ago when I was recovered once before because I had not up until that time been willing to um, want to have anything to do with the God I had come to know and I, I grew up and I really, you know, in a religious background until my early teens, but my God at that point was very punishing, you know, keeping a list kind of like the Christmas Santa Claus list, making a list and checking it twice, but was always looking for uh, the, the long list of what I had not done wrong uh, much longer than what I, what I had done right. So I didn't want anything to do with that until I found that I could choose my own conception. And, you know, the conception I had, you know, this is like the ice was the intellect, you know, the icy intellectual mountain, which had in me a great deal of prejudice, you know, prejudice against religion, prejudice against religious people. And, you know, what I saw is uh, what I, and, and yeah, just prejudice and judgment. And uh, to, to melt that has been amazing, you know, and for me, it's like, you know, evidence of a God, you know, the, the what's come to be my evidence that there's a power greater than myself is my experience, my inner experience. And, you know, as John Kay said earlier, it's the heart, you know, it's being able to drop down and just go for that experience of the heart, which I'm not there all the time, but that's why I, I've been there and I know it and it's where I want to go and it's where I work on going and and the foundation, you know, it does say that just it's a willingness to believe in a power greater than myself, which means that I'm not it if it's greater than me. It lives inside me, as, you know, Bill writes later on. It's a great, great reality deep inside me. So it's always there for me. Um, and when I want him enough, you know, when I want him enough. And Bill spends a lot of time on steps one and two in his story, you know, a lot on this great, you know, higher power. And then the, which is understandable, uh, because that's what we're told that this is all about. 
coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves that can do for us, which we never could, which is to stop eating compulsively. And then the rest of the steps, you know, melt what's blocked us off from God so that we can tune in and, and have access to that power in every area of our lives. So really uh, just grateful to, grateful to be here. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Reggie. That would be Reggie O. And that will close out the recorded portion of our meeting with her share this morning. Please continue to join us as we move into the next 10 minutes where we'll greet newcomers and offer information and opportunity for sponsors and say announcements. But thank you, everyone who shared today, and especially those that you know gave so much of themselves in service today. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 and follow that with a serenity prayer. Ashley P., would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship is with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.